welcome Ben Chapman as he comes. Well, awesome. Hey, it is October 9th. What does that mean? Well, you probably don't know, but you have the greatest pastors in the world. Not only do they pastor Brandy and myself, they pastor you and have the privilege and opportunity to do that. So today is Pastor Appreciation Day. So can you give them a big hand this morning? They are awesome. They are loved well here. Well, I just, I want to give you an update about Luminous Church, what God is doing. Two years ago, last month, we kicked off and launched our big service in a movie theater. Here's a picture of us in the movie theater just worshiping God. And, and we set up every day at 7 a.m. I was truly thankful that I only had to wake up at 7 this morning instead of my normal 4.30 routine. So... Praise God, I'm rested. So, man, we're having a great time there. God is reaching people. It took a lot of faith for us to leave a, a people, a family that we truly love. We truly love you. And, uh, and I've been a part of this church since I was 13 years old. So, so leaving that to go to something unknown, unfamiliar, takes a great amount of faith, doesn't it? I mean, some of you made the transition to Midland, Odessa uh, with the oil field or transition jobs. And so maybe you've experienced that before. I never had. And so it was, it was definitely challenging, but God was faithful. He brought friends around us. Um, he's starting to build a beautiful family there. We're seeing Luminous grow, and uh, we kicked off two services last month. Yes, it's awesome. We love it. And it was our hope that at two years, we would move to two services in order to reach 200 people. And last Sunday, we had 200 people in church. So that's, that's incredible. Now a church of 3,000 probably is like, eh. <laughs> but it's awesome. It's awesome. God is so faithful. And I want to tell you about a young lady at our baptism service who got baptized last week. Her name is Stephanie, and Stephanie is incredible. Victoria, one of our worship leaders, grabbed Stephanie and said, hey, you have to come check out church. And not only did she give her an invite, she started walking her through the purple book. And so she started discipling her, and Stephanie gave her life to Jesus this summer, and, and, which is so awesome. And not only that, she was living with her boyfriend. They have a kid, and, and she just said, hey, God, I have to get this right. I, I believe that what you did in, is awesome, and I just want to get right with you, and so we got to get married. But we don't have any money. Anybody not have any money here for, for a wedding? Yes, yes. So... What happened is she ended up just praying and just asking God, God, we want to get married. We want to make it right. We want to do this. And so last week at our marriage prep class, she announced that she won a wedding package value at $15,000. Is that awesome? So God just answered her prayer, met her right where she was. And that's honestly what I believe. I believe that God will meet you right where you are. God meets you. He comes to you. God is constantly knocking at your door. Something we say in our church is we allow you to belong even before you believe. That get, Come as you are and, and watch God move. And when he does, you'll never be the same like Stephanie. You'll never be the same. Because you sent us, there are several people being reached through your prayers and through your finances of sending Ben and Brandy, hoping that it's going to work out. God has moved in San Antonio, Texas, and we believe 
the best is yet to come. We believe that God's going to continue to add to our house there because of the prayer of the saints in Midland and Odessa, Texas. We believe that. So thank you. Give yourself a big hand for your faithfulness. We couldn't have went, we couldn't have gone without you. We couldn't have gone without you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 15. It's where we'll find ourselves this morning, a very familiar scripture, a very familiar story that I'm sure all of you can identify with. And as you turn to Luke 15, I just want to ask you a question. How many love the carnival? You love like when the carnival comes to town, the Ferris wheels, the, the things that make you dizzy and you puke up everything you just ate. Like that's so awesome. I love that. I don't know why. It's just a rush. And, and my kids, my parents never let us go to the carnival much. I guess because there's gangs and thugs and, and fights and all that. My dad was a police officer, so he was like, don't go to the carnival. Well, I love the carnival. And the, the moments that I got the opportunity to go to a carnival, I loved it. I mean, turkey legs and funnel cakes and, and fried Oreos and, and fried double stuffed Oreos. I mean, it's like a paradise. This thing is awesome. They'll fry anything you want. Pizza, bologna, they'll fry it all. It's awesome. But what I really love about the carnival is I love the cotton candy. The, the red and blue cotton candy on the stick that's sitting up there, and it's so fluffy, and you're just like, that is awesome. Especially as a little kid, you're like, yes, I need cotton candy. And because I'm a boy, I always choose blue, so I grab the blue cotton candy. And my mama always said, if you eat the cotton candy, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be hungry. No, mom, look how big it is. It's awesome. It's so great. Just trust me. I'm only allowed $5. I'm going for the cotton candy. And immediately when you put it in your mouth, what happens? Dissolves. Disappears. It's gone. Cotton candy is pretty deceptive, isn't it? Like there's this deception with cotton candy. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The deception that we often find ourselves falling into as we read Luke chapter 15. Let's look at this. And he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had, took, he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Verse 14. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will rise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Trust me as one of your hired servants. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. 
and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you were always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Charles Dickens writes, this is the greatest story ever told. It's the greatest story that we could ever hear. And I'm going to hopefully explain why this morning. There are three different groups of people in Luke 15. Jesus is talking to. He talks about to the tax collectors and sinners who were drawing near to hear him. And we see another party there, the Pharisees and the scribes. So we have, we have the tax collectors and the sinners who are the prodigal son. They're the ones who are, who, who, who are interested in the faraway country, who, have, who are separated from God. But then we have the scribes and Pharisees, the religious sect, those religious leaders. And then the third party that followed Jesus, Jesus often was the fully devoted followers of Jesus. And I really think that there's three groups in here this morning. There's the, there's the one group that is like the prodigal. Maybe you came kicking and screaming to church. You're like, I'm not going. I don't care what you say. But you still go. And then there's the second group who've, who've been doing all the, the, the rules, all, obeying every command, doing everything that they're supposed to, but have served religion over relationship. Then there's the third group of people who are the devoted followers of Christ. And we pick up this story and, and we wonder what are these three responses of these three individuals. We see the first one. The first one is looking to the other side. The other side. He, he sees God as a killjoy. Like, why are you stealing my joy, God? It's so much fun out there. It's so much greater. It's so much better. Can't hold me down. Can't hold the man down. I got to go and explore. The other side often looks appealing, doesn't it? Like, like the grass is greener on the other side. It's just so much better over there. I just got to explore. But what God has done is he set boundaries around us not to, not to hold us in or hold us down. But when we find ourselves in that boundary is that that's really where we grow the most. And it's the deception that this boundary is a wall keeping you in. It's actually a fence around you to keep you growing. Think about it. Benson's three years old and he loves to run out of the house without telling mom and dad. I don't know why he does that. He just does it. I'm going out of the house. Well, every time he does it, that boy's going to get in trouble, right? He's going to get in trouble because it is not safe outside this door. He needs to tell his parents. It's a healthy boundary for him. He could run in front of a car. He could, he could walk down the street and get lost. So many things can happen. Boundaries are great. And that's really where you grow the most. And it's what God is saying. And yet, the prodigal son didn't think that. 
He took his father's money and he went to the faraway country and he spent all that he had. He gave everything to his friends, had a great time, and then he found himself broke. And he's at the worst possible place. A young Jewish man in with the swine, unclean animals. It's probably the worst place that you could be. Um, just think about right now. What's the worst place that you could be? Now, if you're in that place, if you're in that place, you realize that you've hit rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, the next thing you have to do is you have to wake up. You have to wake up, and God is so faithful to wake us up. Isn't he, church? He's so faithful, and maybe you doubt that today, but I believe that God is so faithful in waking us up. The young son finds himself in verse 18. I know what I'll do. I'm going to rise. I'm going to go to my father, and I'll say him, to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And, and the alarm went off in his life. But how many of you hate alarms? I hate alarms. I love snooze. Does anybody love snooze in here? I, I could snooze that thing all day long till my wife is kicking me out of bed. It's like the second snooze, the one that you don't want. And, and I hate, I love the snooze button, but I hate alarms. And, and I think a lot of us in here find ourselves snoozing different parts of God's calling in our life. Don't we do that? Well, we'll snooze his calling to, to go make a disciple. We'll snooze his calling to serve. We'll snooze his calling to get up. And, and we just want to put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. And what we find is the more we snooze, the more frustrated and angry we get. Isn't that true? Like, like you snooze, you snooze workout. Okay, I'm good. Then, then you snooze your time with God. Okay, that's okay. I'll, I'll pray on my way to work. And then, and then you snooze breakfast. And then you snooze your shower. And then you end up looking like a hot mess going out the door and you're just mad at everyone. Isn't that true? You ever find yourself like that? Just mad? If you want to find somebody with the swine, just look at them. Like the person who's been coming to your work over and over again and they just look angry. They're just angry all the time. It's probably because they're hitting the snooze button in their life and they're running from what God has for them. That's what I've seen. And the thing that wakes us up, there's really two things Kyle Eidelman talks about in his book, Aha. He says, a difficult circumstance or deserved consequence. A difficult circumstance. Last month, we memorialized 9-11. It was one of the most tragic moments in our history of, of modern day. And I remember being 19 years old at Midland College, going to class, and no one was there, and I was elated. Yes, class is canceled. And then I step into the student center where everybody is gazed and fixated on the screen what was happening in that moment. And there was a real difficult circumstance, a crisis moment. I remember being at Mid-City as at 19 years old, showing church that Sunday, and there wasn't an empty seat in the box. It was packed full. Because when a difficult circumstance comes your way, you don't have answers. You've given up. There's, there's no more reasoning. It's just, I need God. That's what you begin to say in your life. I need God. Right after that moment, 
Every nation churches, which Mid-Cities is a part of, went and sent missionaries to go pray for people and go hang out with them and go love them and be there in their time of need because when people need the most, when they hurt the most, they also want the most. They're also open to receive. And so what was happening is we were reaching people, and now four churches 15 years later are reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ in New York because of a difficult circumstance. Or maybe it's a deserved consequence. Maybe there's this deserved consequence where you found yourself deserving this. Like, man, maybe you got in trouble with the law. Maybe something has happened. Maybe you've kept sowing, sowing, sowing into destruction, and now you're reaping destruction. Maybe you found yourself in this, but in a deserved consequence, it is the aha moment. For the prodigal son, he found himself in a deserved consequence, and he said, I must get up. My father treats slaves and servants better than this. I need to go back to the house. And as he does, he thinks the father is going to be so mad at him. And, and maybe you are in a deserved consequence and you're feeling a little beat down and you don't really feel like God will accept you and love you just the way you are. Maybe you've had pushback with that. Maybe you've been telling yourself, God's not going to love me for this one. Nope, went too far this time. How is he ever going to accept me back? But the father comes, spent all his money. This guy's living with prostitutes. This guy is, is having his way with everything. And the father runs and embraces him and loves him. It's exactly what Psalm 103 says, that as far as your sins are from the east, from the west... From the east, from the west, let's just read it. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he has removed our transgressions from us. Quit asking for forgiveness when he's already given it to you. Quit asking it. Get out of that cycle. And what's amazing is every doubt that he had, the father answered. The father answered. The father not only runs to him and embraces him, but the father gives him the robe. The robe was a symbol of honor, that you're honored in this house. He gave him a ring, which was a symbol of the authority of the house, that, that you have just as much authority as I do. And he gave him a pair of shoes. A pair of shoes. And as he gave him these shoes, he said, hey, slaves don't wear shoes but sons do. And as he begins to give him these shoes, he's restored, fully restored. And maybe you found yourself coming into mid-cities this morning and you were wondering, am I loved by God? Will God accept me for who I am? The answer is yes. But maybe you came into mid-cities and you see the picture of Stephanie and you're like, man, I remember that day. That, that was a good day, but you know, it doesn't last. That feeling just doesn't last. And you find yourself a little jaded and you can't no longer celebrate with everybody when they're coming to life, when they're growing in their relationship with God, when they're being called up, when they're getting their position of leadership and they're becoming life group leaders. Yeah, I was a life group leader once. I was a discipleship group leader once. See if it works out. It'll be good for a couple of years. The elder son 
finds himself jaded and hurt. And what I think is he just realized he was far away from his father too. And he dealt with unworthiness. In verse 29 it said, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. He felt so unworthy, so unworthy that he couldn't even say fattened calf. He, he said, you didn't even give me a goat. That's what unworthy people do is, is they, they go, they pick the smallest thing and say, I don't even get that. If you find yourself in that place, I think there's encouragement for you. And in this story of the prodigal son, the danger that we live is this, what John Ortberg says. One of the hardest things in the world is stop being the prodigal son without turning into the elder brother. That is, you find yourself saved and doing life, somehow you confuse it with religion and ritual. And you start getting in law and do's and don'ts and a checklist. I love checklists. Do you love checklists? Like, I love, like, just check things on my list. I'm the only one who likes that. Awesome. I love checklists. I do it all the time. But if you do a checklist with your wife, if you do a checklist with your husband, with your kid, you're going to miss the relationship. And I really think that God wants to restore you to a relationship. Are you doing a checklist with God this morning? Now, now, I could tell this story in a thousand different ways. But I always think a picture speaks a thousand words. A video speaks 10,000. Let's look at this video this morning. since we talked, I was, you know, I was kind of hoping you'd answer, but um, you know, I understand you probably don't want to talk to me. I've just gone so far, and the things I've done, I, I just regret it, you know? And I know how bad I've hurt you and let you down, but, but Dad, I, I miss you. I miss how we drive around and just talk about life. And I just, I just want to come home. But I know you've probably written me off. I can't blame you, actually. Here's, here's, here's the thing. It's kind of a shot in the dark, but I'm, uh, I'm coming through town soon, and I'll 
love you, Dad. shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners Christ died for us you know maybe you came into this place and you feel like the prodigal maybe you feel like you're so distant from God right now that all you want to do is get right back into his arms or maybe you've never experienced hanging you're like man that looked good I want to be a part of that I want to give you an opportunity this morning for the person who has made it all about religion and a checklist I would just ask can you throw away your checklist can you throw it away and start building a relationship with the father and with the people of God to your left and to your right for those who are devoted followers of Jesus maybe you're like me don't give up on people don't give up praying for them. Don't give up praying for them in the faraway country. I'll never forget my wife and I, when we met eight years ago as we were married, we were praying for my nephew, praying for a family. This past week, my nephew got baptized and he's sitting here this morning. Is that awesome? Because God is faithful. He is faithful and he will fulfill his promises over and over and over again. Don't give up praying for those in the faraway country. If you would stand with me and close your eyes, I want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning before Pastor Daniel comes and closes us out. As if you would just position your heart in worship and no one looking around, but I want to give you an opportunity to respond. If that's you, and maybe you found yourself in a faraway country this morning, maybe you're in there with the pig swine and you're just sitting there, I would just ask, for you to raise your hand. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want him. I want that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for raising your hand. I see your hand. Thank you so much. I want Jesus. You may put your hand down. Father, we love you this morning. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing and reminding us of your goodness, your faithfulness, 
Lord Jesus, everybody who responded to you right now, Father, who have really felt like they were on the other side. Today, the fattened calf. Today, the perfect lamb, Jesus Christ, was enough and is enough. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he will raise you to life. Father, bless everyone at Mid-Cities. Bless them going out this week. Thank you for who they are. In Jesus' name, amen.